How's everyone doing? Good. How are you? Can we ask that again? How's everyone doing? Woo, that's much better. Some, some feeling. So I found out on Friday night that, um, that Catham was emceeing, and I thought, that's amazing. I love Catham. He's a great MC, isn't he? And I thought, I like to be encouraging. So when he told me that he was emceeing, I thought, yay, B team, and tried to give him a high five. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I was just teaching him some humility. <laughs> no, he doesn't need it. I'm just kidding. We're definitely the A team. Yeah, come on. I love that. I can't even see who's saying that, but I love it. Oh, I, I, yeah. All right. <laughs> Should we get on with it then? <laughs> All right. So um, I have titled today's message, Convinced. And by the way, I'm just getting over a cold, so um, talking is really hard. So if I say words that aren't actually words, just kind of interpret them and come up with whatever you think it should be. It'll be great. So as we continue in our closer series where we talk about the intimate relationship we have with our God, I am convinced there are some things that we need to be convinced about. So convinced means to be completely certain about something. To be firm in one's belief regarding, uh, with regard to a particular cause or issue. It means to be persuaded, assured, and established. Man, I love that word established when we think of it in terms of our faith. Established in our faith. For Christians, being convinced are issues of faith, trust, perseverance, discipline, and persuasion. Now, if I was to ask you how many of you are convinced of your faith, Hopefully most of us will put our hands up, eh? Yep, okay. So that doesn't mean we don't have doubts. Everybody has doubts, every single one of us. So the thing about faith, it's great to think of it as a journey, a faith journey. It's not like a PlayStation game that you can clock, because I'm bad at PlayStation. So I like to think of it as a journey. Does someone say, yeah, you are? <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> Tyra... <laughs> Who knows what Crash Bandicoot Racing is? <laughs> yeah, a few of us. Yeah, yeah. So, so me and James play this game way too often. We're, you know, we're a little too committed. Um, this is a rabbit hole, by the way. Nothing to do with my message. <laughs> but Tyra brought it on herself. And, uh, and so we're pretty good. We think we're pretty good. And uh, sometimes Andrew and Maddie will come over to our place and, Maddie, and um, Tyra will come over to our place. And Tyra and Maddie like to play Crash Bandicoot Racing. And they're really good. So that good that often you'll hear, uh, wrong way, wrong way. Which is the game trying to tell you that you're not even driving the right way around the racetrack. Anyway, so sometimes, yeah. Well, 50% of the time. Anyway. We were we? Oui, oui. Oh, that's right. I'm bad at PlayStation games. <laughs> so, <laughs> Maddie's timing it as well. <laughs> All right. So, it's good to think of our faith as a journey, not a PlayStation game. And what we're talking about today will hopefully help us in our faith journey. Now, thinking about our closer series, I think there's three things that we need to be convinced about tonight. Uh, and we're going to talk about them. So the first one, and we've talked about that uh, this a little bit in worship already, is that we need to be convinced that God loves us. Secondly, we need to be convinced about our response to that love, which is faith. 
Or another way to word it would be being, being, being established in what I believe. And lastly, that when we're convinced about those first two things, we should be convinced of our daily need for God, our daily need for an intimate connection with our Father. All right, so my first point tonight is uh, we need to be convinced that God loves us. Right, I want to tell you a little bit of a story. Who in here has ever met my dog, boss? There's a few of you. Is Carolyn in the room? Oh, Carolyn loves our dog. And I actually have a picture of our dog, boss. Have we got a picture of my dog, boss? Oh, isn't he cute? Yeah. The dog's pretty cute too, eh? <laughs> yeah, the dog is definitely cuter than me. So this was a few years ago when I was still dairy farming. Uh, is there another picture? I... Isn't he cute? Yeah. Hey, who wants to hear a health and safety story about that vehicle? So when I was farming, uh, I would use that vehicle often to go around the farm and put up fences and chase cows and do all those things that you do as a farmer. And one day, while I was going to take a fence down or put a fence up, I can't remember, but um, sometimes if you're in a hurry... You like drive along and you put your foot on the brake and when the vehicle's almost stopped, like you just jump out and you start doing what you're doing. So like you're winding up your fence and you're picking up the standards and all those sort of things like that. What you should do is you should take the car, the, the, the thing out of park, uh, out of drive and put it in park and put the handbrake on and turn the engine off. That would be wise, eh? Yeah, okay. So one day I did that thing where you like, Almost come to a stop, but the vehicle's still kind of moving. And then I jumped out, and I started doing what I was doing. And I was busy doing what I was doing. And then I looked over to the, it's called a side-by-side, to the side-by-side, and it's driving away from me. (laughs) And, you know, you're in that moment where you, like, don't really click. You just kind of stand there and go, huh, that shouldn't be happening. And then you, like, come to your senses and think, I should probably chase that. And so... (laughs) I'm not a very fast runner, by the way. But I caught up with it before it crashed. And what had happened is Boss was sitting on the accelerator. (laughs) It's just like I caught up to him and he's looking at me like, where am I going? (laughs) I know, he's a great boss. All right, so he's a great boss. (laughs) He's a great dog. His name is Boss. All right, so Boss, he's 12 12 years old now. He's an amazing dog. And the great thing about boss is I am convinced that boss loves me. I don't need to be convinced of that fact. I know because of the way that boss acts. So he'll come up to me and he'll want to play with me and he'll want pats. And he'll come up to me and he'll nuzzle his head into you like he's trying to give you a cuddle. It's very cute. And if I'm patting boss and then I stop patting boss, he puts his paw up on you like that. Yeah, actually, go to the next photo. I think we have a photo of that. Like that. So he, he goes like, that's what boss looks like now. He's pretty old. That was actually at a dog agility thingamabob. Um, <laughs> thingamabob, it's a real word. So uh, he's, he's not trained to do anything, but for some reason we took him to a dog agility course. <laughs> he did pretty well. So <laughs> I know 
that boss loves me based on what boss does, based on his actions. It is the same with God. Now, there have been so many times where I've sat in my mess, in my destructive thoughts, and I thought to myself, I'm too broken, I'm too damaged, I'm too sinful, I'm too evil, I'm too distracted, I'm so unfocused, I've hurt others and I've messed up at every turn. How could God possibly love that? How could God possibly love me? Just like I know my dog boss loves me because of the way he acts, I know God loves me unconditionally based on what he has done, based on his actions, based on him going to the cross for me and for you and dying to pay for our sin. So I know God loves me because of what he's done, not based on what I've done, not broken, not based on my brokenness. Now, if you've ever had those thoughts that you're so unworthy, that you're so broken, that God couldn't love you, then you are exactly the sort of person that Christ came and died for. And you're not alone in that. I'm also that person. Look to your left, to your right. The people around you are also those people. Don't look too hard at particular ones like, oh, you're really broken. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, some of you guys are staring. Eyes up here. <laughs> All right. Jesus did not come for people who have their lives all together, mainly because those people do not exist. He came for the broken. He came to rescue the hurting. He came to rescue us. Jesus, Jesus, that's not a, that's not a uh, hang on. <clears throat> John chapter 3.16. There's no book in the Bible called Jesus. John chapter 3.16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son that so ever who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. There is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's only son. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. So there is now no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. How much condemnation? None. No condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 35 to 39. I love this passage of scripture. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours in Christ Jesus who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from that love. Neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor our fears for today, or our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate you from God's love. Is there anything in all creation that could separate you from God's love? No, not even your own mess. No matter how big you think your mess is, God loves you unconditionally so much. 
Now, I've got a couple more points today, but if I can convince you of nothing else tonight, can I convince you that God loves you? God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. He died on a cross to rescue you. Amazing, eh? Hey, can we pray for a moment? I just want to pause here. Let's close our eyes. Lord God, we thank you for your unconditional love, Lord God. And Lord God, as we prayed before, and I want to pray again, if there's anyone in this room who is struggling to believe that you love them unconditionally, Lord, can you touch them right now? By your Holy Spirit, can you minister to them right now? That they would know they are loved unconditionally, more than they could ever imagine. And we pray this in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, firstly, we need to be convinced that God loves us and that he died for us. But we also need to be convinced that we have to respond to that love, which is faith. We need to be put our faith in him. So, not only do I need to be convinced that God loves me and that he died for me, but I have to be convinced that I need to respond to that. That response is faith, which means I choose to believe Jesus is who he says he is, that he went to the cross for me, and that because of that, I am now saved. I can have a relationship with him. Any brokenness, anything that separated me from God is now paid for in full because of what he has done. And all I have to do is believe it, is to respond. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. Not of your own doing. It is a gift from God, not a result of work, so that no one can boast. Faith is a response that we must make. Now, I was thinking about this response thing, and uh, I used to be a dairy farmer. We had a picture of my little side-by-side up there before. Um, in winter time, we'll move our cows from paddock to paddock to paddock when they need some yummy fresh grass. And cows love yummy fresh grass. It's just, it's like their food. It is their food. <laughs> I know, right? And so um, what I'll do is I'll open up the gates to their new paddock and then I'll go down to where the cows are in their old paddock and I'll open the gate and I'll call them and I'll come running out the gate at 100 miles an hour making a whole lot of noise, mooing noises that, that cows make. Any good mooing noises in the house tonight? Oh, love it. Well done. <laughs> so stoked someone went there. <laughs> no, I was going to say, we could turn this into a competition, but we haven't got time. Best not. <laughs> I really asked for that, didn't I? <laughs> All right. Sit around, people. This is church. <laughs> so anyway, the cows will come running out of the gate, mooing. No, no. <laughs> mooing. And they'll get to their paddock. <laughs> And they'll get their fresh grass. So if they want their fresh grass, which cows love because it's their food, they must respond to my call. When I open the gate and call them, they must respond. How many husbands we got in here? How many husbands-to-be we got in here? There's at least one. <laughs> oh, there's one over there as well. <laughs> All right. If your husband, if your husband, husbands, if your wife asks you to do something, who knows that you need to respond? Did someone say no? Was that you? Is that because Gabby's not here? Okay. 
you have the permission to text Gabby at any point and tell. Say, uh, yeah, <laughs> that'll be great. So, if you're a husband and your wife asks you to do something, you have to respond and you have to do that thing. Otherwise, you get to sleep in a dog kennel, like with boss. You must respond. Now, I love that our salvation is through the amazing grace of our loving God and that all we have to do is respond to that, to place our faith in Him and to continue to place our faith in Him daily. And that brings me to my third point and what I really want to talk about tonight. And that is we need to be convinced of our need for Him daily. Now, I can know that God loves me I can respond to that love and place my faith in him. But then I can just go on and live my life as though nothing has changed. But faith is so much more than a decision we make at some point in our life so we get to, get to, so we get to go to heaven when we die. Faith is something we need to choose every day. All right. I have a challenge for us. Who's up for a challenge? All right, if you have health issues, you do not have to partake in the challenge. If you don't want to um, partake in the challenge, that's also okay. But uh, if you want to partake in the challenge, stand up. You all should stand up. I'm just going to grab my phone. All right, on the count of three, <laughs> okay, hang on, let's, okay, we'll get to the challenge in a second. If you need to move, just because you need to, on the count of three, let's move. One, two, three. That was a beautiful moment. <laughs> I've had cows make that noise before. I did have to put them down. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> on the count of three, we're going to hold our breath. Okay. And so, as soon as you have to breathe, you have to sit down, okay? So, stay standing as long as you can hold your breath. And if you have to breathe, you have to sit down. I did this message this morning. One minute, 45 seconds. So you've got a challenge. He may have been cheating, I don't know, but no cheating. All right. Also, if you collapse because you've gone too hard, you also lose. All right? Okay, are ready? Three, two, one, go. Yeah, laughing does get a few people. <laughs> I love the deep concentration on some people's faces. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mola. You made it to 25 seconds. <laughs> sorry. You need to sit down then, buddy. Remember? All right, we're at the 38-second mark. Oh, 
Oh, obviously the Van Blurks can only make it to 43 seconds because they both went whoop at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we're not above cheating in here. No, no, no breathing at all. <laughs> all right, we're down to like six people. Oh, we're down to four people now. Four people. Oh, Kathan's out. Oh, no, now we're up to four people. All right. What are we at? A minute 40. You only have to make five seconds more before you'll be beating this morning's one. All right. You're better than this morning's crowd. At what point do we not believe them anymore? All right. <laughs> We've got two more, two more. Oh, he's struggling, I can see it. <laughs> All right, this is two minutes 16. All right, get that man a chocolate. According to Google, you should be dead. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, so put your hand up if you are convinced that you need to breathe regularly. All of us, that's great news. Okay, so if you do not breathe regularly, so if you'd continue to not breathe and stayed standing up, you would have collapsed and someone would have had to give you mouth to mouth and resuscitate you. Look around you. Did you really want any of those people to do it? <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> yeah. If I need resuscitating, please let James do it. I'm just for future reference. <laughs> All right. <laughs> What about water? <laughs> Have you ever been for a really long walk, forgot your water bottle, and you just got really, really thirsty? Or you've gone to work, and you've got really, really thirsty, and you go, I'm convinced that I actually need to drink water because I'm really thirsty now. Yeah? Okay. All of us? So, according to Google, you can go two minutes without air. So, some of you guys got to two minutes, like 15, 16. I don't know what that means. Whether you're cheating or <laughs> Google's wrong. Google can be wrong for sometimes. All right. You can go three days without water. How many days do you reckon go without food? Any guesses? Seven. <laughs> All right. How many? Any guesses? Forty. Some of you less than others. All right. Well, I'll tell you, eh? You can go between 43 and 70 days without food, which is a really long time considering some of you guys get really hangry after about 20 minutes. It doesn't take long without food for me to be convinced that I need to eat regularly. If you don't eat for a long period of time, you'll physically get weaker and weaker 
and weaker until eventually you get to go be with Jesus. <laughs> this was not meant to be a comedy show. <laughs> what happens if you don't prioritize, prioritize your relationship with Jesus every day? What happens if you don't spend time with God? You don't spend time in his word and you don't spend time in prayer. Just like you'll physically waste away if you do not eat feed food, spiritually you'll get weaker and weaker and weaker unless you spiritually feed yourself. So the Bible talks about spiritual food. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 2 says, Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2. I had to feed you with milk, not solid food, because you weren't ready for anything stronger. Psalm chapter 119, verse 103. How sweet your words taste to me. They are sweeter than honey. There is a picture that we are not just physical people who need physical food. We are spiritual beings who need spiritual sustenance. Now, Jesus said, while he was being tempted by the devil... In Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, but Jesus told him, no, the scripture says people do not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of my mouth. I really want to talk today about our daily need to spiritually feed ourselves, our daily need to, our daily need to spend time with God. And I just want to pause here for a second, and I don't want you to hear that in a religious way, that I must read my Bible and I must pray, otherwise God won't love me. Our response, remember, is just faith to a God who loves us so much he poured his life out on a cross. That is what we're, that is what we're responding to. Being convinced that God loves me and us responding to that is a decision that we make every day we made it once when we became christians but we make it every day i love our closest series because i'm convinced that us as christians spending time with jesus is the most important thing we can do it will help us to grow into the men and women of god that he has called us to be it will sustain us in the hard times it will help us become more like jesus so that our salvation extends past ourselves that we become salt and light to the world around us. Jesus, the one we follow, he is also our example in this. John chapter 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Luke chapter 5, verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Jesus understood the need to regularly connect with his father. He spent time in prayer. He knew the scriptures, and he knew the will of God for his life. We need to be convinced that if it's good for Jesus to daily feed himself spiritually, then it is good for us also. Now, although we need to be convinced that, uh, be convinced that as disciples of Jesus, we need to follow Jesus daily, 
our prayer life doesn't have to look exactly like Jesus does. Jesus would often get up early to pray. Some of you are not morning people. <laughs> so I'm hoping to, well, I'm going to briefly share some of the things I do, if that's all right. Some of the ways I connect with God. Now, I have a goal to start my day praying and reading God's word. Because I think it sets me up for the day. It puts me in a frame of mind where I'm more aware of God in my life, more aware of his presence. But if it doesn't happen, that's okay. Do you know why? Because God is never changing and God still loves me. The car when I'm driving is also a great place to spend time with God. If you're reading your Bible in the car, make sure you use the audio version. Don't read your Bible. And when you're praying, keep your eyes open. Just tip there, health and safety. I'm all about health and safety. All right, who has the Bible app on their phone? Great. So if you're like me, you probably take your phone with you everywhere you go, which means that everywhere you go, you have the Bible with you. So when you have a few minutes, you can open the Word and read a few verses. Wherever you are, you have God's Word with you. Now, something I love about the Bible app is something called the daily, uh, the verse of the day, the story of the day, I think it is. And I think we've got a picture of it. Then I don't have to try and make it up. There we go. Has anyone ever seen this? I just like looked over it for probably the first year I had the Bible app and then thought, oh, maybe I should do that. So the verse of the day, that's the top thing. So you just read the verse. Verse of the day story. So that's when there's a little bit of a message in it, and then you follow some, um, some kind of reflection time on that. And guided prayer. I love the guided prayer because sometimes I get into the presence of God or I go to pray and I do not know where to start. And so guided prayer is so amazing. It just helps you to focus on God, to leave your stuff behind and go, ah, I know what I need. I need more of my Father. So that's a great tool. So the Bible app is just one of a million resources out there that will help you discover the best way you connect with God. And can I encourage you to go searching and to be go searching prayerfully. So just like I have things that I love to do in my quiet time, ways that I connect with God, look around you. You've got this amazing church family and all of them have different ways and different tools for the way they love to connect with God. So talk to others about what they do. They'll be able to help you and you'll be able to help them. I think it's important though, don't get disappointed when you do talk to other people and you think, well, there's no way I could do what they're doing. What they're doing is amazing and I just, they spend an hour a day praying and I spend 30 seconds. Don't get disappointed by what others are doing. We are all in different seasons of life and different stages of our faith. Let what others are doing inspire you not to get you down. Also, don't get disappointed if you miss a day or a week or a month or a year. Today, make a resolve to start again. Even if it's just something as simple as guided prayer. It takes five to ten minutes, but it sets you up on something. And if you start today and then you miss tomorrow, start again on Tuesday. 
And if you start today and you miss three days, start again on Thursday. We have a God who loves us unconditionally, who is never, ever changing. And his love for you is not determined on what you do or what, on how you act. It's based solely on an unconditional love that he has for you, that he demonstrated, that he revealed when he poured his life out on a cross so that we could know him, that we could be loved by him. Or we already are loved him, but so we could love him in return. We can love him because he first loved us.